and zip lock that. Right on my waistline is why I kept that strap. I remember nights. I didn't remember nights. I damn near went crazy. I had to get it right. Now I'm your favorite rapper's favorite rapper. Hey, now I'm your favorite trapper's favorite trapper. The absolute truth. Yeah, no joke. Ladies and gentlemen, TC here. We've got a trap draw special report coming across the wire at you. Got national security correspondent, military correspondent, monitoring correspondent, monitoring everything for us. Cody McBride. Cody, how we doing? It is a fantastic day to be here with you, TC, my esteemed colleague. Thank you so much. And first, usually after after Neeler and I stole the keys to create the booth for you guys from you guys, excuse me. I've been getting a, a ton of slack here. You, the fellow, all the Trap Draw listeners, I'm not gonna call or use the nicknames that Poosh uses for him. Trap Stoolies. That's not happening here. But what I will say, to start this out right, I, I have listened to the feedback and I wanna shout out somebody here. And that's your guy, you know exactly who it is. Who? Come on. Who is it? Neil and I forget this every single episode. I apologize to the oh, listeners. Mr. Jeezy. Mr. Shout Jeezy. out to Mr. Jeezy. Thank you very much. This is a trap draw exclusive here. There, there's so much that you guys have put on my plate. I, I finally need to come up to, to air and report a little bit of these findings of things that we've been monitoring. Yeah, some of this stuff is just way beyond Randy and I's depth. We don't have the the level of expertise, the the experience. Simply, there's just too many things to monitor right now. From we've got the the East Palestine train derailment. We've got the the which is in America. Okay, first yeah. while doing research, it very much in the United States of America. Which te technically, it sounds like it's more like West Palestine than East <laughs> Palestine. If we're being honest, we'll get there. I think that's probably the lead thing to cover. I think that's probably a little bit more more real than some of these spy balloons slash ufos slash whatever we want to call them we got some other stuff going on that we're just monitoring we don't have a whole lot to report on got some faa air travel stuff going on so before we get to all that i do want to thank our sponsor and that is holderness and born uh we're both as you can see from uh the social clip that'll go up on this we are both wearing holderness and born you are wearing the sullivan quarter snap uh, I'm wearing the bets over the top of the Abbott. This is pretty much what I wear every single day. It's like 78 degrees here in Jack's today. This thing breathes nicely. Their new spring collection just, just came out. Uh, it just hit the website, I think a couple days ago. So they got the new hoodie. They've got, uh, you know, all the Maxwell, the, the McDonald's, all the polo shirts that you've, you've come to love and expect from H and B in a whole new palette of colors bunch of new additions this season uh i think the the most notable of those is the new hoodie uh that is people are a buzz about that the jackson pullover got it in shamrock navy heathered atlantic heathered windsor heathered gray a bunch of great print polos as well some of the new the new print designs are just fantastic i can't wait it's actually en route to our shop we've picked this stuff up in our shop for the last five or six years uh premium interfacing hidden collar stays english cut it's modern not too aggressive I'm getting older i can't fit into some of the stuff i used to fit into this stuff's got just the right cut with giving a little bit of generosity uh there around the waist 
NLU15 at hbgolf.com. Again, that's hbgolf.com. Throw in NLU15 for 15% off your next order. Uh, you'll look great on the golf course. You'll look great at dinner. You'll look great at, on, you know, at church, wherever you're wearing these, hbgolf.com. Best in the business. Cody, where do we start? East Palestine? East Palestine. Before we get there, though, the best callers in the game, these things, I don't know what they do. I don't know how they make them so good. It doesn't matter. The washes, you name it, every single one of them stays, keeps its shape. Phenomenal work for the from the guys over there. So thank you to Holderness and Bourne for that. Yeah, Alex and John, the I still have the original ones that we ordered from them six years ago now, I think, 2016 or 2017, and they're still in great shape. I still wear them on a weekly basis. It's crazy. So anyway, just know that if you buy this stuff, you're, you're, you're going to be wearing it for the next three, four, five years. It definitely holds up through the wash and everything. So, T, let's talk some trains here, man. What do you what what have you found? I guess we'll start there and then I'll give uh I'll go down the details and and we'll have a little discussion on it. Yeah, well it's kind of wild. I've always kind of I don't know, thought about this. It was a big topic a few years ago when they were doing the whole Keystone XL pipeline and talking about that and they're like, "Hey, it's so much less, you know, risky to be putting this stuff through a pipeline than than say uh, you know, hauling it by train across through communities and all that. But I it, like that kind of got me thinking a few years ago of like, all right, if you're, you know, how much hazardous shit is on the rails every day, right? With, you know, and it's been something where they're going to have to, at some point we're going to have to do something with all of our nuclear waste. They were trying to put, put all that stuff out in Nevada. Uh, your boy, Harry Reid said, no, not in my backyard. But, you know, part of the problem was how to get it out there. Are they going to do that via rail or highway or, you know, all that, but it's just crazy to me. Like you, you know, you've got all these, you've got oil, you've got all these chemicals, you've got all this stuff traveling by rail. And as soon as one of those trains derails, it's, it's a scene, man. It's crazy. Which, it doesn't happen often, but no. when it, when trains do derail, I mean, what, Couple it's basically, cars. yeah, <laughs> it's, it's going to be a bad, bad situation wherever you're at. So what we're talking about here, obviously, Train de derailment in East Palestine, Ohio. All right. So this actually happened on February 3rd, kind of late at night, 9 p.m. A Norfolk Southern train derailed in a small town uh, right up on the border of Pennsylvania. Nobody was hurt in the accident. So first and foremost, nobody nobody's hurt there, I guess. Good for them. A total of 150 cars were a part of this train. It was heading from Madison, Illinois to Conway, Pennsylvania. Now, no big deal so far, right? Most of the, the cars that were on that train did not carry any hazardous materials. Uh, that's the initial report that they put out. Turned out to be like quite false. Very false. Yeah. So they, they kind of tried to pull one over on a lot of people there. Then they came out and said uh, total, about 20 cars contain hazardous material. Uh, they continued to update that through the week. Majority of the updates coming from the National Transportation Safety Board, which could be very, very corrupt. Uh, we'll we'll do some more reporting on that. Does the NTSB report up to your boy, Secretary Pete? Yeah, Lieutenant Pete. He a bad guy. All okay. right. So three dozen, uh, close to 50 cars total derailed here. 11 of them of the 50 were carrying hazardous material. Five of those 11 were containing what's called 
vinyl chloride. Do you know what vinyl chloride is? I don't. I don't. I know it's I know it's bad shit though. I had no idea what it was, what form. I think of like trains and I was like, oh, it's so it's probably like a liquid or something like that. Vinyl chloride. It's a gas used to make polyvinyl chloride. Polyvinyl chloride is in its hard plastic form is PVC. It it goes in plastic products. So it doesn't matter if it's PVC pipe that you're, you know, doing a plumbing project or trying to make some form of uh, outdoor watering fountain. Shout out to our whole high school football days. Credit cards, those are all, you know, plastics. That's where it comes from here. Furniture parts, car parts, you, you name it, that's what is going on. So there's probably a lot here. of this shit being shipped all over the country. Yes, it seems like this is like constantly on the move, which seems like it's an okay deal. The issue is, is that if you breathe or touch or, or whatever, however it's shipped, vinyl chlorine is very, very, very toxic, right? So you have in a huge increased risk to not only liver, liver, but other cancers that have been directly basically coming from the plants. Like there's a lot of these people who work at these plants that are producing these chemicals. They end up coming down with, with forms of liver cancer. Now that is just one of the chemicals that were in a certain number of these cars that were part of this 150, you know, car train, not, not good. So when the, when the train crashed or derailed, they originally said, this is, these are stable, right? There's no, nothing happened to these specific cars. Unfortunately, there was also other chemicals that were being, that were, they were being transported that they did not originally report. Those this is Norfolk Southern. That's this not is reporting? Norfolk Southern. Yes. Okay. Which that, you know, I, I hate hearing this in Atlanta company. We've got CSX here in Jacksonville, but Norfolk Southern space in, in Midtown Atlanta. That's tough. I, I, I honestly don't really know what else like to say there. It seems very, very corrupt. And it, this is going to continue on in the backside of kind of what I found too, is that they basically like these railroad companies going back since like the beginning of time have the ultimate control and say there's there's like the oversight that is put in place uh by lieutenant pete and others that are supposed to be providing this it's all bullshit because they just pump so much money into these lobbying firms to pull whatever restrictions safety measures uh improvements that might go against their bottom line or about uh the you know limiting the amount of things that they can ship, how they can ship them, you name it. Like it's such bullshit. And there's like, it's such like a blatantly obvious safety concern, not only to like, first of all, the people who work on the trains. Yeah, I'm talking about like people in whatever. Who have almost had strikes earlier this year. Yes, yes. That is that we're completely pushed to the side. Like there's no government oversight. It's, it's, this is one of those things that just fires me the fuck up because even when people stand up and like use their rights to protest or or demand equal and or additional safety rules regulations like it just shit just gets pushed through because the fucking government has their thumb on everything and at the end of the day it's about their bottom line. Anyway, back to this fucking these train cars. Bad shit happened. 
somebody, some idiot made the the decision that said, hey, in order to get this stuff uh, under control, because a couple of these cars were like exploding, small fires and everything like that, we're going to do a controlled burn. All right. So we're going to burn off all of these chemicals. What they didn't realize is that with increased heat to the majority of these chemicals, you're getting additional byproducts when you're mixing in oxygen at certain temperatures. So what happened is that they had this controlled cloud. You saw pictures all over social media. It's crazy. Black. Like, it looked like the world was ending these black clouds of abyss. Then, instead of, like, worrying about potential contamination to the ground, which obviously chemicals on the ground are going to seep into the soil that are going to get into the water table that are naturally going to get in whatever streams or drinking water that oh, are, well are water around. in this area as well. Yes. Yeah. Now, because you, you're... You're lighting it on fire. You're adding additional compound, which is oxygen, into it. And you're putting it up into the air, okay? You're, you're just spreading toxins everywhere. So you literally have birds just randomly falling from the sky. You have ch chickens dead everywhere, like massive, massive chaos. I feel horrible for this town. And obviously, this is something that's going like. Is this is still very very new? We're we're only like you know, not even Two fifteen weeks. days into this, and this is going to have lifelong effects. This is not like a Chernobyl situation. Well, and I was reading like the when the the ground will release some of these chemicals up into the air at various times with temperature changes or humidity changes and all that. And it's like, you know, if it's if it's airborne, like you don't know when. It, it's not necessarily going to be immediately, right? It's going to be you know, over could be years. Right. And then you got the Ohio river right downstream from this stuff too. And, and you know, they like, they didn't initially evacuate everybody. And it just seems like such a, such a clusterfuck of like zero, zero accountability, zero communication. They uh, kicked a reporter out of one of the, one of the press conferences or one of the, the uh, meetings, just trying to report on it. Like that's, that's a pretty shitty PR look. And, you know, it's it's like the whole thing just feels so ham-fisted and poorly executed. Well, when you have companies such as Norfolk Southern paying for their own independent research firms, independent scientists, independent environmental consultants to come out and actually do the testing in which the government is then using that information to say when it's okay to go back to their homes when it's okay to transition away from bottled water back to their normal drinking tap faucet water. When that's the information that they're of using. Of course they're going to downplay it. Yeah. Like what, what are we doing here? All while the, the population, like they, this is such like not a bad, it's not even like a bad PR move. No, it's, it's just fucking, like, it, it's just, fucking criminal what is yeah, going on. Totally. Cause they are not providing the public any fucking information and the, it is the, bad and it was caused by a faulty axle that was like well within the scope of exactly some of the safety inspections and reviews that they were trying to put on the table of like hey we need to increase the frequency of these or you know the the depth of these these inspections or the regularity so yeah it's crazy and like the crazy 
like uh, just another crazy element of it is the uh like I, I guess they filmed some movie in this area called white noise that was was pretty much this exact same scenario it was like this massive chemical spill or you know some sort of like yeah a freight train collides with a tanker truck triggering an explosion that fills the air with dangerous toxins and another scene his father wears a trench coat and hat while they walk across an overpass to get out of town uh they're basically escaping an environmental catastrophe uh it was based on a novel by don delillo the book was published in 1985 shortly after the chemical disaster in bhopal india i think that was the oxy uh one over there and it's it's like it's all it's almost the exact same thing that these people were were extras in the movie that was filmed in this area it's it's nuts and all this happened as all the balloon shit was going on right so you so you've got everybody freaking out about the balloon stuff which you know we can talk about the balloon stuff i think it's worth it's worth tracking it's worth talking about but this is also like taking second fiddle to that when it's probably a massive canary in the coal mine you know well yeah people obviously don't care about like some small town in in rural ohio when you know obviously you can splash up some balloons on the front page of every news organization tv show whatever else and like you have the boogeyman china coming to get everybody and you, you have you know john and paul outside shooting their 12 gauge up in the air trying to shoot shoot all these balloons down of course what's happening to these people in ohio do not matter it does not matter at all to the rest of the public it's horrible of course uh lieutenant pete he uh he's basically silent on all this stuff but he's he's keeping that firm hand on all these companies it's it's regulations do not matter he's a fucking disgrace it's the only person that i know that can be equally hated by the left and the right and still keep his job i do not understand outside of the the absolute ploy that the democratic party played in order for him to to kill bernie's nomination that's that's the only thing that they did and they give him this cuss position he he fails like at everything that the guy does and I do not understand it. I do not understand what's going on. We should, you know, I feel like the PGA Tour should hire him. Oh my goodness. He should work in golf. And I feel like golf would be a good place for him. Just bury himself like deep in the, in the moat. And he like, he would just get promotion after promotion after promotion because I, I guess that's what happens these days. Yeah, he would, just be, he would be like a mid-level VP the tour you know all this stuff was going on as you said when we got these balloons in the air do you know tc how many balloons the united states puts up in the air every day i'm not talking about in new mexico uh out there sightseeing i'm talking about what do you think are we talking about government... research balloons as well like like you know th th i'm sure the epa has balloons i'm sure yeah let's do it all right so across all branches of government all 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 agencies all that stuff i would say probably a couple hundred a day i don't know yeah maybe i mean <sighs> i don't know what like i mean shit, the weather like the national weather service probably probably has a hundred balloons that they put up a day right i've never uh so when we were deployed at every base or, or fob forward outpost or forward observation base that we stayed at we had these big massive balloons that look like mini blimps and, and they would give us our weather readings because obviously in order to move around the battlefield you have to have helicopters or or shit on roads 
most of the time I'm very, very lucky, fortunate that I flew almost everywhere that I need to go via multiple different uh, airframes of helicopters, but all that you need wind and weather and all this shit. So we would put up our own balloons. The issue is that the enemy would also try to shoot down those balloons. How high uh, are the balloons? Pretty fucking high. I mean, you would look up there and be like, wow, like that thing's way, 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 way up there. It looks are we tiny. talking like 10,000 feet or are we talking like 30,000 feet? No, no, no. Like 30,000. Like it's okay. high up there. Like it, it looks tiny, tiny, tiny. And then when weather would be like that bad that they would have to bring it down or they would have yeah. to do maintenance or something on that, you would get down and you'd like be looking at it and you'd be like, holy shit, that thing's like massive, like bigger, way bigger than a basketball court. Like it, they're it's big like a, fucking it's things. Like, it's like half a football field. It's yeah, like, I mean they're like big, proper balloons. It's like Snoopy one, the yes. MetLife one. Yeah. It's not quite to like the Goodyear blimp size, but exactly. What and, and like who who put those up? Was that like a a team within the army, or was that like the Air Force or yeah, Air Force. Who, Air, Force okay, Air Force handles okay. the weather within the the Department of Defense. So you have like at every single location, no matter if it's like a army installation or army outpost or marine outpost or anything else like that you would have uh air force personnel there that would that would handle the weather for you they would also be inside and be like your weather person they would give you your you know every day when you have like your stand-up briefs and in your like main command center there would be this random kind of nerdy looking person who would stand up and tell you the forecast for the day and kind of kind of tell you what's going on and you know it's not just about wind it's not just about like if it's raining or it's snowing or something like that but a lot of it has to do with what's called uh the actual illumination of the moon so i deal with everything that's at night so obviously we always wanted to know what the illumination percentage of that night was going to like be the cloud cloud cover plus the phase of the moon plus what you know whatever else you have going 100 percent so we would like here like hey we're at like a hundred percent illumination tonight and that usually meant, oh, that's not like very good. <laughs> now, why, why would that not be very good? Well, because if it's like a hundred percent illumination that you have a full moon, there's zero cloud cover, and you can basically like without night vision goggles that I can see you pretty fucking clear at night. That also means that like the enemy can see pretty fucking clear at night, and that's probably not a good idea because yeah. all you're doing is silhouetting yourself, you're exposing aircrafts up in the air, and making it more probable that you're either going to get shot or get shot down. Uh, so not very good. So we'd want to play uh, definitely 100% alum nights were scary. We would still go out sometimes on it. Um, but most of the time you want it, obviously, less than that. You want to be able to own own the night. So yeah. that's, that's a, a long-standing uh, slogan that we would go by because we want all the green-eyed monsters to come out at night. So have it to our advantage. But so, I did not right. know this. Okay. The United States government puts up, you did your research on this, close to 200 balloons a day. Really? I did. I promise I didn't do research. Really? Yeah. I was shocked when I found this out. Specifically to that, just the National Weather Service also puts up 184 balloons a day that they use to help air traffic control. Now, it's... It's nuts. I did not realize. Just as far as like this, sensors? And are these like tethered yes. to the ground? Or are these? Yes. Okay. Very much tethered to the ground. Now, these are like small. Basically, what you'd think about is like take like three birthday balloons and like 
put that yeah. together. That's like the size of this fucking thing. And they would, they don't go very high, but they go up there because they have to get certain levels of wind. Yeah. I think, I think my, I literally think my windy app is pulling from some of these. I'm sure because sensors. the majority of it's like it, all this information is like shared both yeah. from the military side, but also like private because the majority of people that are in the, in there are like private aviators and shit like that who yeah. are working off all these other, other apps. Like, Hey, what's the, um, what's the current at yep. 5,000 feet? What's the current at 10,000 feet? How do you differentiate between those, you know? So I was kind of blown away that I, I honestly just didn't realize that there was that many damn balloons up in the air. Obviously, these smaller weather balloons that we're used to, and even the balloons that the government puts up for other things, all are usually, uh, like 99.9% .9 of them are used for weather, right? There's yeah. nothing crazy here, which is, it's very common. Uh, countries across the world all do this. Unfortunately, what we're talking about now is this the this first Chinese balloon that came off. And this motherfucker was big. I mean, it's a it's a massive balloon. It's like uh it's not a New Mexico like hot air balloon. It's like uh like, you know, 10 times the size of a New Mexico air. Have you ever been a balloon, by the way? No, I never have, but I've talked remember, big about this. And I want I know he's scared shitless of heights. I I'm fine obviously with heights. I want I would love to go do uh, a balloon thing. I don't know That'd if we can sick. Do a, a balloon tour I, or whatnot. But. When Neil and I were growing up, when we lived in, before we moved to Canada, we lived in this house, like our first house in Atlanta. I remember waking up one morning, it was a Saturday morning, and it was like 7.30 or 8 a.m. And there's a fucking hot air balloon that landed in our front yard. <laughs> Wait, really? Yeah, just like, they just like ran out of helium or whatever. And they <laughs> they, they, they they brought the thing down. Like, I don't even think I'd ever seen a hot air balloon before in person. <laughs> and there's one in our fucking front yard. It was crazy. And like, like it's something I need to ask my mom about. Because it's almost like this hazy memory I have. But it's it's so, it's also so vivid that like, it could have been a dream. But I'm 100% I'm sure it was real. Wait, uh, so you don't know if this was like a real life? No, this was, it was absolutely real. But like the farther along I get, like I probably haven't thought about that in like 15 years, right? But I'm like, oh shit, yeah, like I totally forgot that happened. And then we fired this up. I'm like, wait, there was a hot air balloon that, you know, landed in our yard. <laughs> Did it like land like, you know, whatever, like yeah, like it the, down perfectly? Yeah, like the basket and, you know. How did it they, not get like hung up in like power lines or anything? Uh, I mean, we we had like below ground power lines in our neighborhood and like there was like we had a big front yard so there wasn't a whole lot of trees so i guess they saw it as like you know i would have probably looked at like going down in a parking lot but i guess our front yard looked better and then yeah somebody you know pulled up a truck like an hour later and they packed up the balloon and and <laughs> put it in the truck what? and drove off it was crazy i don't under i, I mean how do you even transport uh, like a balloon it's like John just pulls up with his F-150 and like throws the basket in the bed and like rolls up the balloon and calls it a day. Yeah. Yeah. It was like, you know, I guess that was their trail. You know, they're trying to go from price somewhere up in North Georgia and they got blown off course or something. And yeah, I, like, I, I think the other thing I get, I get weirded out by too, is like, what is considered low earth orbit versus what is considered like high atmosphere or, you know, uh, because some of these balloons are up at 70, 80, 100,000 feet, right? Yeah, I think there is. It goes by like, because uh, at 40,000 feet is when you, like, by regulation, you have to wear oxygen. Most, like, commercial air traffic 
does not go above 40,000 feet because of that reason. Then there's like this gap from like 40,000 to 60,000 that is kind of like no man's land, but that's where like a lot of research is done. So that's where the majority of like the balloons that are permanently up there, that's kind of where they hang out at. And then from what I understand is like 60,000 feet and up is like, holy shit, like what, what it's, what's actually going on up there? There's a, a bunch of random shit flying around and that's where these balloons have kind of been at uh and the only reason why it ended up getting spotted is because it it came down below that and people were like looking up and like what the hell is going on now i will say this it was spotted over billings montana so, I, so we're talking about the first one here like the, the first fir balloon. The first one that kind of caused all the alarm bells yes like, yeah. All right, and this is what happened. Everybody's like, oh, Bubble Boy's back. Whatever happened to Bubble Boy? Which, what did happen to that Bubble Boy kid? No clue, but this big-ass balloon is flying over Montana. Obviously, everybody puts their, like, tin hats on, and they're like, oh, my God, this is the course. They're over Montana. This is where all of our nukes and, like, long-range missiles and everything are at, which is true. That's, like, that's very factual that, like, that's between Montana Parts of Wyoming and, and the Dakotas, like, yeah, there's obviously there for a reason. And at the time, like, nobody was really saying anything about this. They're like, oh, yeah, that's just a balloon that's up there. And, and like, don't worry about it, which I guarantee you that, again, there's like somebody's out there with like their 30 out six thinking that they can shoot it down. All like without <laughs> yeah, realizing like, they're like, yeah, hey, people were, like, people were shooting at it. You know what happens to bullets that like go up? They have to come down. They also like come down, man. Like, what are we doing? Uh, which brings me back to like hilarious celebrations that I've been a part of, like all across the Middle East, where like people are shooting random like AK bursts up in the air in celebration. And you're like, you idiots. Like, who, like, Mohammed, a uh, couple villages down, like, is going to get a bullet through like his mud roof tonight. It's a horrible situation, but people don't think. Anyway, balloon spotted in Montana. Everybody loses their mind, not understanding what's going on. And then all of a sudden you get the first report, China, that's like, hey, that's just a weather balloon. It's a civilian balloon. Don't worry about that. It, it obviously got blown off course. Like, you know, don't worry. There's nothing going on around there, which is very true. And a lot of people up in my DMs like, why are you freaking out about this? They said it's a weather balloon. Of course, I believe everything. Let's just take the Chinese at, at face value. Like, I I believe everything that the Chinese government tells us at like face value. Like they never lied or to anybody in their life. They treat everybody like, you know, the way that the Lord envisioned people should be treated. Not like, what are we doing here, guys? Obviously, they, they have planned routes for a reason. And obviously, cool, this might be a weather balloon. I'll say this. So a couple, a week and a half later, there, there's like legitimate signals intelligence like capabilities that were found on this balloon. All right. They, they've analyzed everything. So not only were they collecting like imagery and analyzing things, but it was also signals. Now, the other thing that people say all the time, Cody, why does this matter? People are running around with TikTok on their phone all the time, which is controlled by the Chinese government. And like, you're right. But that doesn't mean that like everything that's on that phone is being picked up. There's certain things that you have to be like either overhead line of sight you name it in order to collect and that's clearly so they, what they were so what was going on here did they not all right so it flew over alaska first yes it came down over 
what Yukon Territory or Northwest Territory, and then yep. down. Shout out, shout out to all the gold miners out there who didn't through, warn us yeah, what was going on through through Alberta, and then down to you know uh, Montana. Now, like, did we pick it up at all when it was coming over? Do you want like what we know now versus what we know then? Uh, sure. Yeah. All right. Well, what we knew then, I'll say that is that everybody was like, "Oh my God!" Like somebody. I, I think honestly, the first person who reported on this was like the the editor of the Billings Gazette, which is like the newspaper in Montana, uh, and started like that's where it got picked up from. What they're telling us now is that they knew about this from its launch in China. All right, which makes me feel a little bit better because hey like people weren't just like asleep at the wheel are they just uh, saying that though to cover their asses i i honestly think that might be a little bit of the case they, they also probably went back and like analyzed like the flight path and realized oh like we can say this now and nobody like it's not that big of a deal but what we know now is they say that they knew when it was launched they follow its plan their its travel pattern originally they thought that it was actually going to fly like over Guam, but weather knocked it off course, and then it ended up coming off over Alaska. And I'm not very good at the globe, but when I look at like where Alaska's at and where Guam's at, and then try to like draw a line between the two, and then try to do a little bit of like you know looking at like currents and and, and trade winds and everything else like that, like that's where my brain my brain just kind of explodes. Well, anyway, do you, like do these things have? navigation capabilities of like being able to would not it can't just be like it's not just like floating up there it has no, to be like, like controlled are there like something. little flares or something that are coming off kind of like a satellite right where I it's like all right so. we're gonna we're gonna there's like a propulsion mechanism coming off the side of it somehow yeah right? yeah i'm i'm sure i mean i'm sure like it's <laughs> whoever that's like controlling this thing it, it's obviously something more powerful than like my like drone remote like somebody's not out there like well, worried yeah. about like and it just getting seems, out of range and it just seems like there's such a because like the i guess the need for these things too is like you know you can't just fly a traditional airplane over that would be violating airspace treaties and all that you need something lower than a satellite to pick up the the information or the the wavelengths or the bandwidth that you're talking about so you can basically just like tether essentially a fucking satellite yes to a balloon and then just this you know the satellite is basically acting as like the zero gravity weightless part of it and like you're just it's like a low you know it's like a 50,000 60,000 80,000 foot satellite right yeah yeah exactly so it's again it, it this whole thing's been ridiculous so that balloon spotted over Billings Montana what the White House now says is that President Biden actually gave the order to down it then but he was like shoot it down immediately and what the white house is saying is that actually his military advisors are the ones who are like hey there's too many uh the population there is too dense maybe we should wait until it gets over which sounds like such bullshit to me because number one like listen that's not something that biden's ever gonna say like that if you want to like flip-flop those and say like roll reverse of of the military officers saying like hey this is when we should take it down and somebody else advising president biden of saying like no think of the population what i'll say here about eastern montana there ain't fucking shit for people out there anyway all right <laughs> i had a hell of a time like posting random pictures of like cows and everything which was the population that was like he was afraid of of people getting hurt 
But he, I guess, gave the order then. They ultimately made the decision, no, we're going to wait until it leaves the continental United States and then down it. So it obviously, like, the news cycle stayed on Montana for what felt like, you know, 48 hours. And next thing you know, people are like, oh, this balloon is almost to Myrtle Beach and we're going <laughs> to It was in it Missouri down. for a while. Yeah. And then, yeah. Myrtle like, Beach, and like of all places for it to end up, Myrtle Beach. Of course it ended up in Myrtle Beach. It was perfect. So ultimately, that's when, as soon as it crossed over Myrtle Beach, um, uh, uh, two, so two ships, two F-22s went up and, uh, and fired a, a Sidewinder missile. Um, pretty sick video. Very, very sick. And, and then you saw it, it fall down. And then immediately people were like, you know, hey, how much do you think the cost of all this is? So I did some rough math and I came out to, to just the ending operation of downing, just downing that balloon is, has to be more than what I came up with was $4 million. And the reason for the missile and the actual, like, so yes, this is how I came up with it is that you have one missile. The sticker price on that is like half a million dollars for the sidewinder that they used. Yeah. You have two aircrafts uh that take fuel um the reason why too is because one's usually uh like one's usually aiming for the other so and they always fly in pairs now those aircrafts also have to have security crafts because you never know what's going on because you know they're focused on the mission somebody has to be focused and watching and protecting them then you had like a slew of boats not only from the coast guard but the navy everybody else out there waiting for whatever this balloon and whatever it's it's carrying to be dropped down into the ocean and then go search. And is the stuff. ocean, is it better that it fell in the ocean than falling on land where like the water is actually better? Yeah, except for like, except for all you the know, damage that the water will do, obviously. Yeah, so water obviously is going to damage whatever like electronics that are on it. But also people think that like landing in, in water is the same as like jumping in the pool in your backyard. That's not... <laughs> It's not the case at all, man. This shit hurts. Uh, I. It, but it's, it's better. Uh, it's better than like landing on firm ground, right? Oh uh, uh, yes, a hundred percent. So yeah, and then you know, spend a couple of days out there trolling, trying to pick up everything, and then and then figure it out. So well, all right. So I would say, I mean, because it seems like not only there's AWACS planes up there, there's all sorts of refueling tankers. I mean, it seems like this probably cost you know, a hundred million dollars. No, not a hundred million. I added that in there. So, you know, the boats, everything else like that, you have the tankers that are flying out. The good thing about where it was at is that they're coming from Langley anyway, Langley air base. Okay. Um, so they're doing patrols, like they're doing like, it's like, like training runs and like they're getting their hours anyway. Right. Exactly. Because they had the specific aircraft that they needed close by. Like they, there's air force bases with the right, yeah. that, that were the right airframes carrying the right munitions that were close by the tankers and everything else like that. Yeah. Obviously they loitered up there for a little bit, but it wasn't that crazy of a thing. That is the saga of balloon. Number one, while balloon number one and this whole Myrtle beach thing was going that same like day we're hearing reports of, Oh my God, there's another balloon that just crossed over South America. Holy cow. What is hanging out over Peru? It's yeah. it's crazy because you heard Peru, you heard Costa Rica, and honestly, whatever, like nothing ever came back from that. You have nothing. Like so, who knows what's going on with our our hitters down there? Maybe they need to provide some more information. 
Meanwhile, the DOD is still like basically saying like nothing. Like we we don't. This is a Chinese spy balloon. That's all it is. So next thing you know, there's another balloon randomly pops up. This time they like lock the airspace down uh, above Haver, Montana, which is a, a small railroad town in in the high line of montana very very familiar with this place but nothing ever happens in haver montana it's very weird like the highlight that they have there is they used to have a like a super kmart that's it uh there, there's literally nothing else there no offense to the people of haver montana i'm sure they're great people but that's just is nothing else is going on there so it's very weird and it didn't follow the route of like going down to where all these other locations where you would expect China had actually want to be doing surveillance on things. Uh, and then it like went away. So they basically locked down the airspace again and said, oh, like uh, nobody go up there. Everybody got spooked, worked up, figuring out what's going on. And then next thing you know, they like lifted it and said, oh, it's it's gone. Maybe it was just a false alarm or anything. Well, else. Well, so like part of it is because I was reading a couple of things on this, like the the guys... For, like first of all, you got me following all these, you know, the Atlas News, all these different Insta accounts. I got Northern Provisions. I got all this shit, but it's like shout man, out to it, my guys in Northern Provisions. Yeah, too. They're, they're on it. Yeah, and um, but there was reports that the the F twenty two pilots, like their sensors got jammed up. Yeah, up by it. They and then I guess there was one up in Alaska, there was another one that popped up in Alaska that had like, they, they couldn't figure out. It was like a cylindrical object. Yeah. They couldn't tell if it was attached to a balloon above, but it looked like, you know, then they started calling it UFOs and all that yes. stuff. And then, and then the military is like, we can't rule out that this is <laughs> extraterrestrial, all that. Um, but, it, and then it seems like also that they've like, I've read a few things where they've, they've, said like hey i think norad or you know faa all these different radar operations have adjusted their settings right yes. because everything's everything's designed and optimized and calibrated to pick up like very like fast moving dense objects yes right? like 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 basically to pick up other airplanes and stuff like that not to pick up a slow moving like kind of pile of junk basically right yeah just saying if you're a parent out there and you like have a you still have like a baby monitor you're changing the sensitivity of it so you yeah. instead of like that one little cough uh when your kid's little and you freak out because you're like oh my god like sids i got to get there right away as they get older uh you, you know you change the sensitivity on it and basically unless they're like you know screaming their brains out out there like don't <laughs> don't bother me these kids that's are basically <laughs> that's basically what norad did is that they changed the sensitivity levels on it they also changed the thresholds so they could pick up not only uh speed in which things are being uh would be picked up but also the size so the alaska cylindrical object it and still they don't know like they don't know what it was because like they ended up shooting it down and nothing was recovered wow. that was going on the same time this whole northern montana thing's going on and it caused massive confusion because just like you said they started using terms ufos and people were like aliens like yeah. what is going on here it's like this no is... it's like technically an unidentified flying object yeah you know? and then at the same time they're like hey we got we have to like stop that was because they're like we got to stop calling these things balloons like they're not balloons like when you know people are kind of clowning on us because we keep using the word balloon but that's not really what it is it's a for like this is an object 
yeah. that is is dispatched from a foreign government that has some form of what we believe to be like an intelligence collection capability. We got to figure out what are the terms that we're actually going to use here because it can't just be a balloon, you know? Yeah. What the fuck is it? Well, and then there's and then at some point the the Chinese had said that there was some sort of unidentified flying object. Ah, yes. You're getting uh, ahead of me here. Okay, okay. In Sorry, their, I'm front in running. Their space. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, what happened is that they locked down this airspace in northern Montana. So, we have the original balloon shot down in, in Myrtle Beach. Love love me a good Myrtle Beach weekend. You have the cylindrical object that we were going to call a UFO that was, was downed uh, in Alaska. Then you have this weird, weird thing in northern Montana where they, they close down the airspace for a couple hours. And then they say, oh, no, 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 everything's fine. You got the pilot saying, oh, my stuff was acting weird. Uh, don't really know what's going on here. All while the DOD is like, uh, nope, we're not. Like, that's fine. That was just like a blip because we changed the thresholds of of our radars and what it was actually picking up. Yeah. But I will say this, and you saw this play back and forth internal between me and KVV about little Montana politics stuff. Is that <laughs> yeah, I'll that give it this. Best, that was one of the highlights of the whole thing. I will say this. Montana politicians, it doesn't matter what side of the aisle they were on. They were briefed that something was up there and they knew it was fishy. And they were so fed up that they didn't get any answers on what actually the original balloon, when it was spotted above Billings, that they're like, wait a second, something else is going on here. And the people in Montana, there might not be a lot of us, but we're proud, proud people. And we yeah. deserve some answers. So they continued to talk about it. You had Senator Tester go on Meet the Press that Sunday morning and demand answers. Now, midday Sunday, something weird started happening in Minnesota, Wisconsin, yeah, like Europe. and then over to Michigan. Yeah. And next thing you know, you got another balloon and people are freaking out because like, oh shit, we got this other balloon. Uh, ultimately ended up being shot down over Lake Huron. And like people, again, losing their mind. Now, what we know, that's the same damn balloon that popped over Northern Montana. It just drifted oh, further. Really? Yeah, just drifted further across. Uh, they came back. They actually looked at patterns and where it like, kept were popping out. Were they tracking it the whole time? Or? Yes, they were tracking it. The issue is, this is the where I have a big, big issue with this whole thing. The Department of Defense, for the last 20, almost 25 years, everything that they've been focused on, rightfully so, has been on global conflicts overseas, not in the United not States. Not protect the homeland. The only time they do anything outside of training exercise in the United States for the homeland, which is one of their missions, is on Christmas. The only time NORAD fucking tells us anything is if Santa <laughs> is staying on time or not, which is such bullshit. But I understand the kids love it, okay? I get that. Now, these this is a legitimate threat to the United States, our proud allies to the North. Shout out Canada. You should have told us what was going on the first time, all right? But I understand. Right. They they have to be able to inform the public. And that's why I was so proud of the people representing the state of Montana for demanding answers, no matter where, how crazy they actually are. And and listen, we got some crazy people that are elected in the positions up there. They stuck up for the people. All right. And I'm yeah. I'm proud of them for that because we would never would have figured this out if it wasn't for them. So you ended up they shot down 
the random one. Well, they missed, in, they in missed it the first time, right? What how happens to how they missile? did it? Yeah. Listen, uh, it, when they finally got approvals, so President Biden gave approvals, uh, joint approval, by the way, with uh, the proud, proud prime minister from Canada who doesn't do anything to make his at, people proud at any do point. Anything time. ever. He, he is. He's and he's very, a friend of the Chinese. Is very, very worthless. So I was shocked when he was like, yeah, we're, we, you know, we got approvals for this. Okay, cool. I, I appreciate you, Trudeau. Good, good on you, man. Um, so they went up and same thing. Two ships went, fired a shot, first shot missed. Who knows where that bad boy went? Uh, hopefully in the water somewhere. Yeah, I don't like, know. Like, like what are those things programmed to do if they miss their target? Do they loop back and try to hit it again? Or do well, they just, I, I don't like, know. Ditch? I, I yeah, I honestly don't know. And I this is one of those things where like I don't really want to speculate because I don't know who's listening here. And I don't want to tell you what actually happens uh when they like they actually miss their coordinates. Uh because yeah, I'm I just want to leave it at that. Okay. I I, right. I don't know. And then like it's it's buddy, they changed positions, did another pass and and ended up shooting it down. Yet to because, be recovered. Because because all these missiles are like they're not designed to shoot objects that are like like stationary in the air right no 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 these are all like literally built for like air to air like fast movers and stuff like that not like uh like wait trying to think like like we we don't know how to like (laughs) shoot something that's basically stationary in the air right i mean well what what would be like stationary in the air that you're ever gonna shoot yeah uh and then all right so on that front all right so norad norad is the U.S. and Canada, basically, like it's like the air defense system. It is a it is a combatant command, all right. So, okay. it, so most commonly, people have heard of CENTCOM. Well, so there's Northern Command, but then there's NORAD, which yes. like NORAD is a part of of Northern Command, correct? It, it yes, it very much is, and all that means is that NORAD is our the North American air defense organization okay. it is a joint in every stretch of the word we, we it's manned by you know us and canadians it's very much a joint effort um who like i said are doing a lot of like covering their asses now i think because they're like oh yeah well we can we can talk about this stuff now too late too late people all right too many weird things going on and then Northern Command is is like the U.S. That's like across the branches of the military. That, yes, that is what defends our borders and and like the homeland, regardless of what area of the country or whatever. That's okay. Yes, all of North America. Because there was a bunch of speculation of like, well, Biden doesn't want to shoot this down because the right wingers are gonna are gonna freak out because it's a military operation on U.S. soil and. The right wingers, you would think. Well, maybe. Yeah, I, I would say probably both sides. Yeah. Listen, everybody wants to freak out about like the militarization of police and everything, and there's a valid argument for there. But when it comes to like weird shit that's going on, like, like there's a time care of, of it. There's a time and place for your military, and like this is something that I would say is like, yeah, like we need to figure out what the fuck's going on, man. Yeah. I, I hope the balloon stuff end. I don't really know what's going on. It honestly, like, it's uh, it's concerning to me. Very, very concerning. Because originally, like, you know, it's all fun and games when we joke about, like, China's control of, like, TikTok and stuff like that. 
But when they're actually putting like physical collection devices over the, the continental United States and, and North America, like it's a very real threat because when do yeah. those, like it's very easy for, for one of those things to go from like intelligence collection to like actually like offensive operations. Like, you know, you, you don't know what like people can put on balloons or anything else like that. Well, not only that, it could be, you know, they, it could be them basically testing our, our capabilities, our, you know, just our reaction our, time, our, response, yeah. our strategy around that stuff. And then adjusting, you know, it's like, all right, cool. Like, let's say they're going to invade Taiwan. You know, there's all sorts of yes. smoke that like, all right, cool. Like, let's see, let's see how quickly their, their stuff is attuned to stuff going at 30 miles an hour instead of, you know, 800 miles an hour. It is. It's yeah, it's wild. I don't know. I don't like talking about balloons because I, again, it scares me, man. Like I don't get spooked about a lot of things, but this one's like fucked up. Like they're almost so lo-fi as far as not like the shit that's attached to them, but just the actual, like, you know, physical capabilities of a balloon. Like it's so, it's so old school and lo-fi that it's, it's kind of like, it's even more terrifying. Right. I know. Yeah. It reminds me when I think about it, 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 like I chuckle all the time because in the military, we used to have like gliding, like gliding regiments. And I always thought like, oh my goodness, like who would want to be like in a pilot of a glider? Wait, there's like, gli there's military gliders? There used to be. I, I'm talking about like in okay. like World War II to like, I think they're disbanded, like, you know, post-Korea. And I always like, oh, how that would suck, man. Like not to have like a motor or anything else like that, but like, what are you actually doing up there, man? Like, that's kind of how I think about like these balloons. I'm like, it's just so like, it's so weird and like such like a throwback capability that you're like, wow, it's it's something that I never, never expected from it. The other question I get all the time uh, and that came up on this is like, well, is this like, uh, like what is, what is a signaling from China to the United States. And I'm like, well, I think it's a test of like response. I think there's obviously like some form of like intelligence collection that they were like running concurrently. But I also like people need to remember and remind themselves that like we are already like in the middle of like a, a, a like a cyber war that they're again, I've said this multiple times here, but like light years ahead of us on that are like proactively collecting information on the united states and its citizens daily and it's not it's not just TikTok, okay that's like not just it so as you see states continuing to ban for government systems and government-owned phones and everything else like that your boy like, your boy greg abbott down, i know i i like down, I, your, down in your in your new home state yeah it's like listen i get it but like that's not gonna stop it yeah oh my gosh Let's uh let's let's do a little housekeeping and then we'll get into uh by the way, I saw another headline and it's tough to decipher if this is just fear-mongering and you know when we're talking about defense budgets and deficits and all that stuff or if it's like legitimate of like like there's there's reports, you know, or or studies that have come out of like hey, like if we got into a a larger scale conflict with China Let's say like we wouldn't be able to like re like like resupply our 
our front lines with the correct artillery and supplies because of our be, be, be like because our supply chains are so fucked up yes uh that's true also like what we currently for tr like a traditional state on state conflict we also don't really have like the stockpiles of of ammunition that you would expect to be yeah i think i think it was it was mainly around the ammunition like yeah. just like yeah like where's all our fucking ammunition much less like i guess you know like there's a labor problem in the military yes. just like there's a labor problem across the rest of society yeah for for sure the overall like the budget stuff is is wild we honestly we could we could spend uh we could have it, its own podcast on the actual defense budget and like what is complete bullshit in there and like just the sheer amount of waste uh that is involved in, and that just goes unaccounted for every single year and like I, I i understand like the normal civilian aspect looking at it and being like oh my god how do they, how does that 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 amount of stuff like go unaccounted for and man let me tell you i know exactly why because i was one of those guys that like you know we run off fiscal years like the middle of every july they'd be like oh we got like uh you know we got a couple million dollars sitting in that budget we got to figure out ways to spend it and otherwise like, that okay. budget goes down next year right? okay yeah. like we gotta we gotta <laughs> spend this money let's figure out what we're gonna do so we got coffee makers we got uh you know we, we got vacuum cleaners we got robots to do this we got new r d projects to figure out you know hey i wonder if this is possible if we design this oh well i i obviously need like this new like you know couple hundred thousand dollar 3d printing capability in order to get it done i don't know how i'm going to use it or i i also don't know like you, you know i guess i'll train myself that sounds cool oh this guy wants to go to this crazy wazoo train perfect we got the budget for that because you can't come in under budget because then you can't ask for an increase in budget next year so there's a lot you could go down there but oh. All right, let's do a little housekeeping and then we'll then we got a few more monitoring things that we're just again just monitoring they're just bullet points not a whole lot of detail around them randy will be back next week we're doing a chop sesh next week uh randy will have more to say regarding jalen hurts uh i thought his rihanna take that the apology may cope with that he had there was was very brave courageous of him basically said that you know rihanna he just didn't understand appreciate the scope of her catalog and just how many bangers she had banger after banger after banger and i listen i saw you getting a little dust up here with a certain beauty queen anything you want to report on that what the the beehive yeah yeah i think it's i think she, i think her music stinks like <laughs> straight up uh and like i thought they were going to come at me stronger nobody nobody said a word even though they got tagged in like six times so, I can't believe I understand Kira's uh, stance on this whole thing. Oh, Kira. Oh, and then Kira. Yeah, I didn't realize she was part of the Beehive. But no, I like. Listen, I just don't think I don't think her music's that good. I think Rihanna's music puts puts Beyonce in a body bag. You know, I was so pumped because I'm a I'm a big Rihanna guy. I mean, she just she has some hits, and I'll say that. Like, I, I'm way more Rihanna than I ever was Beyonce. I also didn't realize, I guess, how big of a deal it was that Rihanna's pregnant again. I spent the entirety of the halftime show listening to my wife. Like, all of a sudden, her phone is, like, blowing up with, like, her friends that are watching. And they're like, oh, my God, can you believe Rihanna's pregnant again? I'm like, what? what, what, what so she what? was just pregnant? 
before this? She, okay. she literally, like, did not announce it. Nobody, I guess she wore, like, baggy clothes and didn't tell anybody, uh, like, during rehearsals or anything, which is kind of crazy to me because it looks like she's pretty far along. Like, it's, it was definitely noticeable. But I guess there was some insurance concerns. Obviously, she's, like, flying around out there on these, like, boards. What I will say is that I always thought, for some reason, in my mind, like, Rihanna had more of like a performance aspect to her shows and it was kind of weak. Uh, she just kind of floated around on some stages, did a lot of head nodding. I, I thought there was going to be a little bit more of a show outside of the music, but eh. like the music's really good. The, the entertainment value choreography value, not quite as good, but I'd rather have the good music versus the, all the other bullshit, you know? Yeah. Oh, I agree. Um, Let's see here. And then, yeah, we'll do full mea culpas next week for anything else we have. And then, yeah, the booth, man. Uh, you guys are through through two episodes, you and Neil. Feedback's been awesome. Good. I'm glad you approve. We, yeah. uh, I think that was one of our the nervous things that we had, seeing if the, the great trap draw fan base would accept me and Neil, the outsiders, stealing the keys. Not so much a Grand Theft Auto situation, but taking control and kind of giving it back and forth. But... You know, the one thing I learn, uh, I learn a ton from your brother, just like bullshitting about like life. And it's always funny because I think we come from such different backgrounds and we think of things a lot differently. And, you know, we, we kind of do this whole five hidden question thing, but we never really get to the five. And we're going to change it up to do some more Q&As and, and listener questions and stuff like that. But honestly, I've been uh very 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 pleased with the feedback and thanks to everybody who's listened and sent positive messages or or you know the couple guys who told me that i should go kill myself i don't really appreciate that but hey i'll take it you know you put something out there you should uh oh, you, was, you accept it all what was that what was that in, in response to uh, I, uh people say that i'm uh I, i've been called a warmonger i've been uh called like this is why you know basically the whole entire like veteran complex of people like their inability to to assimilate to normal civilian life afterwards obviously this last the last episode that came out we like we can't we closed the episode out on kind of a you know a personal note about a friend of mine yeah and we recorded that a week earlier, and, and I told Randy this, that I probably went back at that audio file at least a dozen times and thought about removing that section from it. And if it wouldn't have been for my wife, who every single time uh, we talk through it, she's like, hey, I think this is a very good thing for other people to hear and learn from. And, and I obviously agreed with that because I'm the one that said it out loud. I just didn't, I'm always trying to be um, aware of, the audience that I have the great privilege of talking to. And also like, I don't want to make anybody, you know, feel guilty on my behalf. I want people to learn and realize that, uh, you know, it doesn't really matter what walk of life you have. There, there's people out there that, that are, might be looking at things or experiencing things a little bit different than you. And that's okay. And, you know, people can have normal conversations and dialogues about things and, and maybe that helps them out. And maybe you can find some common ground if there's disagreements or something like that. But hey, maybe we can Talk go back it. to, yeah, a yeah. little bit more civility and normal everyday conversations. But yeah, yeah. it's been fucking awesome. It's funny. It, I mean, it's, it's not funny, but it's like, I feel like you get it from both sides of like, all right, you're this, you're this, you know, <laughs> veteran warmonger. And then from some of the 
some of the veteran and, and military community, you're this, you're this fucking liberal snowflake, man. I, yes. Uh, <laughs> you're like, people, well, which one is it? Guys? I know it's crazy. I think, uh, I think people expect me to be like this, this uber conservative, uh, yeah. like borderline, like mega guy, like, which like whatever. Gung-ho. Yeah. Like wh- that's not me at all. Like you, you yeah. know me yeah. like better than probably anybody else in the, in the company. And like, that's so far from me, but also like, I respect if, if people like have different stances on things like that's cool, man. Like it's long. My biggest thing is like, as long as you don't impede like on what I got going on and like what my, what my family's got going on and make sure that like my kids can grow up in a normal fucking place. Like that's all that I care about. And when politics weave their way into things of that nature, like that's obviously where my stance is at is like my number one goal is to like, you know, live a life to be able to provide and support for my wife and kids and like make sure that the girls grow up in somewhat better place than than I did and like have more better opportunities. Uh, And that's what I try to do every single day. And sometimes, um, you know, I might look at the left of things. Sometimes I, that might put me on the right of things. Uh, but at the end of the day, like, at the end, like that's all that I, I really care about. It's, it is funny. The veterans uh, community is the first one to chew somebody up and spit them out. And that's probably why they beat up on me as much as I, as much as they do. The, uh, well, you know what? I think like outside the veteran community though, like going back to something you said earlier, like, I don't think it comes down to like anybody feeling guilty or anything right it's just being cognizant and i think there's a big yeah. big difference between those two things and and i don't i've never once felt listening to you or just you know in any conversation we've ever had a sense of a sense of guilt or ambiguity about that but i think there is a massive issue in this country with like the military is so far removed from civilian life and you don't know you know the 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 depth and the the you know like we just don't feel the effects of all the shit we've got going on around the world. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, that's a, a very good point. And what I will say is that I think a lot of veterans during their transition and what they, what they want to do and they think that they can maybe use their experience to from leadership to organizational things that they, that they learned in the military and maybe that can make them uh, obviously better at whatever job that they're trying to be placed into or, people that you see now running for office or, or anything else like that, which, Hey, I'll, I'll tell you this. Like there's a lot of fucking really bad leaders, really bad people. And a lot of people who are like really shitty at their job in the military. That does as, not, as in every other walk of life. Exactly, <laughs> man. Exactly. And like, if I ever see those people that have a platform or anything else like that, like I'm very happy and confident to like, call their shit out on it. Like, I don't, I'm not going to stand for that. And, and I think a lot of people use their background in the military for like way more than it actually is. Uh, which is why I like, I work for a golf company, man. That's, that's what I do. Like it couldn't be further removed from it, which it again goes back to like why the majority of my veteran friends are like, what the fuck are you doing, man? Yeah. What's, uh, all right, let's do, let's do a few more monitoring things. This is just stuff that I had kind of, you know, uh, jotted down here over the last, last week, week and a half. Um, 
It seems that a piece of the Earth's surface is broken off of the North Pole of, of the sun. Um, it's, you know, I guess that's the first time that's ever happened on the sun. So I just want everybody to be aware of that. This, this comes on the heels of the whole Earth's core reversing course. And, you know, it's kind of stopping spinning. That's kind of crazy, too. I've been tracking a Russian-backed coup or a potential Russian-backed coup in Moldova, an attempted coup, I should say. Ukraine still still popping off, Belarus, the Armenian Azerbaijan thing popping off over there. Uh, anything to add on that front? Or are we just monitoring? Uh, well, I'd say the Moldova coup is kind of if you trace it back to where the information actually came from, uh, it came from Ukrainian, Ukrainian. intelligence. Yeah, <laughs> uh, letting letting the Moldovian president know of. Uh, hey, there's going to be certain Serbian, Montenegro, like civilians coming in for, I believe, like a soccer game. And they're actually coming in to like take over. They're all, you know, obviously Russian backed and trained. So I, I don't know, quite know what's going on. I also know there's like some uh, like European Union ties in and all this stuff. So yeah, they're talking to Moldova about a potential yes. EU bid. Yep. Uh, so it, it's, yeah. it's a very... The, Man, who would have thought in the year 2022, 2023, that the Balkans would be popping as much as they are? It's it's absolutely insane what's going on. And we're coming up on like the year anniversary of the the kickoff of Russians occupation and the disaster, which is the conflict in Ukraine. Um, you have a, a lot of developments that are happening there still to this day. Putin still has mud all over his face. He's lost complete control. Uh, he, he's like continues to persecute his people. He finally made the Wagner group stop recruiting criminals. Saw th I had that on here. The, the Wagner group, the, the, you know, they're kind of at odds with the Kremlin now all of a sudden, right? Well, the Wagner group, I think they're like, honestly, they're losing their footing within the Kremlin uh, because they've, they've gone like, they have too much control. They honestly, they're like the only positive thing that if you look at it from like uh, what Russian is able to accomplish, like the actual Russian troops have been an utter disaster, failure yeah. across the board. When I saw they're, they're sending a bunch of like ex-cons to the front lines. Yeah. Well, that's like Wagner groups, like MO. They've, they've always like recruited heavily out of Russian prisons. Well, the, but like the, the actual Russian military is also doing that and sending them to the front lines just to, you know, kind of just a crazy thought, but also like the, What's the deal with the Wagner Group? Is it like the? It's a it private one, military. Is it just one dude that owns it? And it's kind of like it's kind of like Russian Blackwater. Very, yeah, that's a great comp. But forever, like the leader of the Wagner Group was like in secret. Like nobody really yeah. knew who actually the organizer was, who was like the head guy in charge outside of like the Kremlin. The Kremlin obviously knew, but um, like last year, the leader of the Wagner Group finally like made himself public and it turned out that he's like of course like an oligarch but from like textiles or something else like completely like weird nothing to do with like military or anything else like that and slowly but surely because of obviously like successes that his organization has had the kremlin continued to rely more and more on them and that power went a little to his head so he started asking for a lot more demanding a lot more probably um, has all sorts of high level contacts with generals now yeah 
he he went from like briefed on stuff he went from being a very much a guy in the shadows a silent operator to being at like the forefront and now he's like got a little big for his britches and the kremlin's trying to like knock him down a few pegs because of it has honestly i wouldn't be surprised if he falls out of a window like in the next couple months yeah has uh has victor boot uh resurfaced at all since since the whole prisoner exchange i haven't seen anything on it yeah that's that's one to kind of keep an eye on i think of you know him him popping back up somewhere uh or to see if he he kind of uh lays low another one i had on here seymour hirsch's piece on the nord stream 2 takedown yeah uh, we covered this uh like last yeah. year when we were doing ukraine stuff but uh seymour hirsch obviously a long time big j journalist who has exposed a lot of things does a lot of writing for the new yorker wrote a piece about Nord Stream 2 and put blame on the um, the explosions of Nord Stream 1 and Nord Stream 2 solely on the United States government, specifically the United States Navy and the CIA. Uh, this piece is, is laid out, available for anybody to read. He says that it came directly from the White House, that there was an interagency task force that started discussing this all the way back into like December of 2021, way before the Ukraine situation actually kicked off. Now, the crux of his whole piece is based solely on a single source, or so that's what we're read, led to believe by reading it. Um, the majority of people who are, you know, pro Western world who are tied to the United States and include our allies uh, immediately like put up, threw up a ton of red flags about not only the sourcing of it, but the timing of it. It, it he said that it like goes with a, a normal uh, training exercise that the Navy does uh, with other countries. Uh, and that's when Navy divers went down and planted uh, these bombs that later were detonated. And what it was it was some sort of some sort of like submarines or buoys that that like like unmanned submarines that once they got in close enough proximity it it shot a you know some sort of electronic signal at them and yes so them. basically what he said is that the united the navy divers went down and and planted eight a total of eight uh c4 charges against like six different pipes of the uh and they intentionally planted them to have sonar uh, detonation. So what happened is that, that you could leave them in place and at a later time, you would have a, a sub or some something else come die and actually- Get the horses send, in the back. Send send the whistles and actually uh, get them to explode. Um, now- and This was done in conjunction, allegedly done in conjunction with the Norwegians? Yes, Norway, it, according to the report, was very uh, aware of this, I guess, as well as the, the Swedes for some reason. Um, but there's, again, like a million holes you could poke into this piece. He is very much standing by the reporting still. Uh, obviously, the responses that you'd get from the Pentagon, from the agency, and as well as from the White House is like, this is completely false. It's like not possible. But it, it does the capability exist? yes would the united states intentionally do this well like if you look at the benefits of it obviously cutting off german like reliance on not only gas but natural gas and crude that's pumped through 
Uh, like it would make sense. I would make like Europe and the rest, like specifically Germany reliant more on American national natural gas. Like I can see that, but like, would the United States do that, uh, to like one of its pretty strong allies in Germany? Uh, I don't really think so. I think, um, something, something happened there. Of course, this is just like cannon fodder for Russia. They were like, oh yes, you know. Now, uh, the United States deserves to, you know, they, they're demanding to prove how they did. They were not involved in this. Like, it's it's crazy what Putin, uh, poopy pants Putin, who, who, like, is just out there making wild accusations and making Biden now come to the table to prove that it wasn't him. Anything else in the meantime on, like, the Putin, you know, any other public appearances that they've said, all right, like, look at this, you know, I see IV marks or I see, you know, or, or, or he pooped his pants again, as, <laughs> as the New York Post reported. <laughs> no, I haven't, I haven't seen anything recently. The, the last thing that I saw was kind of fascinating is like Putin's uh, new, like 100% reliance on his armored train, uh, which I always think is fascinating because it reminds me of my hitter, little Kimmy, and like him just it's, with his little choo-choo. And it like, it's gotta so be super fitting. limiting on like where you can go, right? For sure. Like there's only so many tracks out there in the world, man. Um, but it also like, I say little Kimmy because it like last week there was, I can't remember which anniversary it was, but, uh, Kimmy's first like public appearance with his wife and with his, his, uh, daughter, she's like 10 years old. And if you like, there's obviously a big military parade and everything else like that, where we're normal North Korean shit. But if you looked at, uh kimmy's wife she is wearing a necklace of literally yes. an icbm and that. i'm like this what is happening over there that was crazy nuts and his daughter supposedly like 10 years old looks like she's she like could be an adult who, who knows what's going uh, on do, all right seymour hirsch does somebody like him have to have like like does he have like security or like like are people trying to like get at him whether from the U.S. government or from foreign governments or, you know, like people just trying to silence him, however. I, I would say that uh, if that, if, uh, officially, if that's happening, that would be like highly illegal. You cannot like prosecute journalism, for, journalists yeah, for just yeah. saying like disparaging things about it. Uh, all about protection of the press. But would it I've seen like, like house of cards and shit, you know? Of course, but like <laughs> does, like, could that be happening? Yeah. You know, I'm very fortunate that like in my household, like I'm very aware of like the, the workings of what happens for in like pr the private security field based off of things that, that my partner does. And like it, w would I like recommend if he doesn't already have like additional, not only like cybersecurity folks, but probably physical security like personnel with him. Yeah. I, I would say that that would probably be fitting right now uh but who knows you never know man speaking of uh of you know personal squads and teams randy's boy russell wilson a couple weeks ago we had the the whole report about sean payton not going to allow his personal quarterback coach and his personal you know his his own personal personal trainers uh in the facility out there in denver now it's coming to light that uh his charity is allegedly potentially into some bad shit way 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 less than 50 percent of the of the revenues going towards the actual charity uh it's you know it's 
it's tied in with other personal investments that he has. Not good. Not good. So we're we're tracking that. Mr. Yeah, Unlimited. some some high paid uh some high paid personnel at his charity who also just happened to be like his best friend and like uh, tied into other aspects of his life. I'm also very confused when it comes to the charity side of things. Like basically what they came out and said was like their charity is just like a path, a path through like they, they get, they're just distributing to other charities and then they distribute it to other people. But like, they're also like, having protections based off of because they're registered as a, as a nonprofit. So that how does sounds that sounds like a, a sense? shell company or, right. or a money laundering operation. Right. Um, I just, I, this is why like we do a lot of charity stuff like in no laying yeah. up and I'm always like so concerned because I'm like, wait a second. So it's going here. Like we're just, we're, we're, we're asking for it and making sure that everything is like uber legal. And then you yeah. have like Mr. Unlimited out there, like literally, collecting millions and millions and millions and millions of dollars and like him and his, like his boys are getting paid out like yo here you, here's your new stack man like you're you're good to go it just blows my mind how people can take advantage of this it's crazy i saw something on high-rise hog farms in china i just want everybody to know that we're monitoring that so instead of having you know big large tracks of pigs they're they're now stacking them in high-rises they've got pass through air and stuff. I don't know what you do with all the shit uh, in there. I don't know how you, how you feed them up in the high rises. You got to have good flooring in a, in a high rise uh, pig yeah. pig factory there or get all the waste out. I, I assume. And where is it going to where, where's, the, where's the waste runoff? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Randy's guy, Bolsonaro potentially headed back to Brazil next month. No word yet. If he's allowed to wear pants or not uh, again. Um, so, we're, we're keeping tabs on that. On a personal note, I'm having my nasal surgery, my structural functional rhinoplasty is is uh, is, is, is scheduled for the first week in May. Uh, so I, I got I got a few more months of, of shitty sleep. I, I kind of I, I I thought they were gonna be able to knock it out like, you know, early like late February, early March. Like, nope, like we got you on the books for for you know fifth month of the year. So. More to come there. I've had a lot of people reaching out about that. Um, how how difficult was that for you trying to find a spot on the calendar in order to get this cosmetic procedure done? <laughs> First of all, it's not a cosmetic procedure. I oh, told them. My bad. They asked bad. me. They asked me. They're like, "Hey, like, do you want to do anything cosmetic?" I was like, "What the fuck would I do?" They're like, "Oh, you could like, <laughs> you know, you could like make your nose smaller, or like, like, <laughs> like your nose will be straighter just because that's what we're doing to like open up the valves on the one side." And I'm like, "No, like, I, I feel." You know, there's other stuff that I would change. You know, I would, I would, but like, I'm, I'm good with how I look, right? That's not, I'm not, I'm not trafficking on personal appearance anymore. Let's see here. What else we got? Uh, just got some, some, uh, FAA stuff too. You know, we had the near, we had the near disaster at, uh, down in Austin, uh, with between a FedEx 767, which I think was equipped with some sort of special sensors that kind of sensed other aircraft around and a Southwest 737 that was taking off. Uh, it seems like based on preliminary findings that air traffic controller like royally fucked up and the FedEx, uh, was it FedEx or UPS? I think it was FedEx. Yeah. The FedEx pilot saved like 
you know, probably 160 people's lives that day. Yes. Like some like very quick thinking radioed over to the Southwest. They like the Southwest took off and they both kind of veered off in, in different directions. Then we had a bad incident, uh, you know, or near incident up at JFK with an American Airlines flight that kind of breached the runway, was, was crossing over the runway when I think a Delta flight was coming in. Not good. The American pilots are not speaking to the ntsb or the faa shocker i don't think they've they've lawyered up which uh you know we'll see what happens there and then uh you know hand up united airlines this 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 broke uh, a few days ago uh back in late december a united airlines uh 777 out of maui uh, i don't know where it was in route to dove like i don't know three thousand feet or something uh, right after takeoff, got within less than a thousand feet of the ocean, uh, and never like you know it's kind of crazy that like all these people were on that plane, nobody heard a word about it, nobody tweeted anything, it wasn't a news story, uh, and then yeah, somebody like on FlightAware kind of was doing some like civilian sleuthing and uncovered this. I guess the F, I guess the the FAA made the pilots retrain or have have additional training, but I don't know. That that one's just kind of strange. And I saw something yesterday that the FAA like there's a temporary administrator because you know they can't get whoever they've nominated approved. Uh, the head of the FAA is has you know put together some sort of task force or some sort of you know, study group because there's been a spate of incidences here lately. So not good. And Bobby Bigwheel tweeted that the, 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 the American airlines terminal at LaGuardia is far superior to the new Delta terminal at LaGuardia, which kind of shook me. Yeah. It's troubling. Cause that I also know. I, really I, nice. Yeah. I, I'm never going to go over to the American terminal. So I'm, I'm going to stay, stick with the Delta one's best. Yeah. However, I do have I do have this to say. I'm coming down for the players. Yeah. Uh, the new the new travel policy that we have. I'm very much following this to a T. Okay. I found a cheaper flight out of Dallas, and this is going to be the first time round trip that I'm voluntarily choosing an American Airlines flight based off of travel times and the fact that it's direct into Jacksonville. And I want the board yourself as a member a partner on this at this fine firm that we work for to be aware that I'm following the rules. I mean, all things being equal or even, even in the, in the universe of being equal, please fly Delta, but with a, with a direct flight and it's cheaper, there's less that can go wrong. We'll do our, our, our airline stuff separately, but are you any temptations to succumb to the mega hub in Dallas and become an American? guy or no the only reason why i chose this american flight this time is because of the fact that uh, the time that it was taking off and the fact that it was direct um the only uh stipulation that i have for that trick is, is yari's gonna be out of town that monday and tuesday uh she comes back like pretty late on a tuesday night so the the earliest time that i could leave that wednesday morning to get into jackson at a reasonable time was direct and unfortunately delta uh doesn't serve a, a dfw or love direct to jack so they do not no nope. now do you do you rely upon southwest 
I flew Southwest when we went to San Diego in December, and it was a lovely experience. You know, I felt like uh, just another person getting on the cattle truck, and and it was fine. I didn't. See, you I didn't, put it up on your story the other day. Yes, like how that's to, my how to get somebody to not sit next to you. Yes, that's gonna be my West. that's gonna be my new trick. Is number one, if people didn't see it, I put it up on my Instagram story. But uh, you basically get one of the puke bags and just have a very concerning look on your face and just hover it your face over like you're going to get sick and nobody will want to sit around you. So I think that's going to be my new go to on Southwest flights. Interesting. Keep us keep us posted on how that. How that materializes. Of course. So, uh, gosh, I'm trying to think of anything else. Uh, you've been doing some, some, you know, home improvement too. A little bit of home improvement. I, I, uh, we're, we're turning our upstairs. What was kind of like a sitting room slash media room into, uh, an extra bedroom for the girls. So the twins have, have gotten to the point where, uh, listen, I could keep them in the same room. I could probably figure out a bunk bed situation. But at the end of the day, one of them likes to sleep in and the other one wakes up way too early and wakes the other one up. And then they just start fighting. And this happens every single day at five in the morning. And in order to like get around this, I know it's going to continue to be an issue. I just finally came to the conclusion of like, how can I turn this extra space that's nothing besides like a storage area full of like, dollhouses and other crap into a bedroom so i framed it out i got as far as i possibly could with my carpenter skills and then had uh the professionals come in in order to to drywall and and you don't want to be drywall yourself no 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 no. that shit's so so like you can make a mess of your house but you framed it up yourself yeah yeah absolutely yep did now question did you put a closet in, there is a closet. a closet okay yeah, so, see, sh- so now you now you just improved the resale of your house because it's a real bedroom because you have a yep. closet absolutely um and the people who came over that that hung the she rock and painted and everything they're like oh yeah you know you, this looks great you did everything uh phenomenal because i probably watched like you know way too many hours of youtube uh in order to to properly do it but what i will say is i think it planted uh the wrong seed in my wife's head because we came downstairs and I don't understand why every new house has to have a formal dining room. It, it never really made oh, sense to me. Yeah. Uh, I think it's a I didn't think we were waste. doing formal dining rooms anymore. I thought formal I dining rooms were out. Like I, I didn't think any new houses had formal dining rooms. This new house that we have here has a formal dining room. It's a complete waste of space. Ever since we moved into this house, I am actually, this room right here at the front of the house is what would be considered, I guess, the home office. And the a little bit further down the hallway is where the formal dining room is at. And it's kind of uh, separated from the living room slash kitchen area, but also has like, you know, columns and, and everything else right there. Uh, my wife has been working in there and, and she tries to have meetings and everything else while while I'm in here yelling on podcasts and everything else. It's kind of a mess. So you need um, doors for her. You need to enclose that area. Right? So. Yes, the me doing this project upstairs now made it to her idea of like, oh, we should enclose the formal dining room and make it an additional office. And like later on, we could turn it into a media room because we can put some, you know, double insulate the walls and put good doors on it. And I think it would be great. And I agree. And it actually, you know, I kind of convinced her because this room up here, it's a big window and the airflow is not very good. So I sweat my ass off all day long. 
she likes it because it has these fancy glass doors to get in here. I actually convinced her to move into this office and I'm getting a much bigger office that has insulated, like very good insulated walls. I don't have to worry about soundproofing things anymore. I get to have a couch in there now. She told me that I can go buy a bigger TV. Like I'm so excited for this all because like I kind of played a little trick on her that said that I would do the walls. So I started doing the framing on it. And, and I feel like you're whispering. <laughs> I, I don't want her to hear this. She, I don't know if she'll listen to this podcast or not. But uh, I didn't get too far before uh, the guys came that were going to finish the drywall upstairs. And I was talking to them about it. And they're like, oh, yeah, dude, like for like 1500 bucks, we could do this whole thing down here for you. I was like, perfect. Here you go. <laughs> <laughs> so they're so just going to show back up. And so I'm getting the new office. I'm getting uh, them to do the work. Like it's a win win for me. That's fine. Yeah. I've gotten my office dialed here. I, I still got to put this shit up on the walls, but the uh, one thing that I the the container back there it looks like it could be whiskey, but that also could be water from uh, TPC Sawgrass. So I don't know what it is. It's actually you know I mixed some some special edition water from TPC with with whiskey. It's like a that's that's like that a, 2023 blend right there. We're exactly. gonna package that up. If you're a member exactly. of the Nest, which everybody should be a member of the Nest, maybe we'll give people samples next year for their gift. <laughs> I can't believe you guys have a formal dining room. That's uh, that's not well, here nor there, but it's crazy. I feel like for I feel like though it's kind of one of those things that may be coming back and like open floor plans. What it sounds well, like, open floor people, plans are gone. It's yeah, just because too like open. COVID killed that shit, right? Yes. Yep. No more open floor plans. I don't think formal dining rooms. I never understood it as a kid either. Like we had one in our house at home, and like outside of like very special occasions like when we were Christmas forced Eve to go in there or it's just a it's yeah. such a waste of a room so i'm totally. very happy that that we're gonna make this into a half a, uh, an office slash uh i didn't i'm not putting the glass doors in there i'm putting french doors on it but like the solid yeah. uh solid core ones yeah where cody can just go in there and lay on the couch and watch tv and and act like he's he's doing something when he wants to escape so i'm very excited if you're listening to this babe i'm sorry but you know i got to keep the people informed Thursday afternoon, thing. Friday afternoon. I gotta listen. I gotta watch golf it's, for sure. It's, we got these really live shows. <laughs> you know, we gotta update the guys. You never know what's going on. Uh, the second thing, kind of like your uh, surgery that you're having coming on in a couple of weeks, is I had a a foot uh, procedure done last week, and for the last, I don't know when it when this actually happened, but I've been dealing with it for a long, long time. I thought that I just had like really really thick calluses all over my feet and what would happen is that i was wearing i would wear out holes in certain socks like in the same positions because i thought these calluses were just so thick from like doing yeah. military stuff from running like you name it turns out that i had a ton of uh warts and corns on my feet oh. and i would have never known this except for when i moved here the, the new chiropractor that i had was like checking my feet like my arches one day and they're like oh like what's the matter with your feet and i was like well what do you mean like i just have thick skin and they're like no like you you got an issue you need to go see a foot specialist a podiatrist so last, yeah so last thursday i went in and uh i had a total of uh, 12 warts taken care of now three of them freeze them off or three of them were cut out were frozen and then uh, the rest of them, they gave me like this, basically like acid that I yeah. have to put on them every night. 
which sounds, uh, I thought that was going to be the, I asked for the quickest way that I can get this taken care of. I want to go out there. I want to be able to play golf and walk and run and, and do everything else and keep up with the kids. They told me that it wasn't going to be an issue. Um, it's turned into be a very, very big issue. I was also concerned when they, I, I asked them like, Hey, so what do I do to like normal post-surgery, like cleaning, changing band-aids and everything They're like, yeah, you know, just, uh, you know, keep them clean, use some hydrogen peroxide on the ones that you don't have to put the acid on. And like, honestly, just like cover them with duct tape, man. That's the best thing. I'm like, okay. Jesus. Interesting. Uh, duct tape. I, I get it. They said the the benefit of, because it's so sticky and it'll stick to your feet, yeah. you know, your feet naturally sweat, it'll stick there. It's and better I get, than any, any other like thing tapes. That they could yeah. And I guess the fact that like silver duct tape, uh, doesn't let any sun in, uh, that also helps stop whatever growth okay. of warts. Now I have an issue here because, uh, my feet have kind of turned black. I, I'm not walking around very well. I've been wearing slippers for over a week. They've turned and black in the areas where the, the yes, where the corn is in the warts were, or yes, or where, uh, or everywhere. No, no, not everywhere. Just in the, the specific locations. Now they're not infected. I, I, I know they're not infected because there's no gooey or pus or, or they don't hurt outside of where it was actually at. Uh, but I did this on, like I said, on a Thursday morning, unfortunately, when I checked my calendar while scheduling the appointment, I did not realize that I had father-daughter dance on Friday evening. <laughs> so I did father-daughter dance and did my best, all hopped up on pain pills to try to get through it. And uh, I think I messed something up. So this might take me a little bit longer. I'm, I'm monitoring uh, these spots to make sure that infections do not, do not grow because I, I just want to be able to do my normal shit, man. I want to go play golf. All I see is you guys talking about 70 degree weather and golf all the time. It, the weather here stinks. I don't know why we moved to this state. Uh, I just, I, I need to do something. Uh, I'm definitely like feeling the walls coming in on me. So hopefully. So they is up. it worse? Is the weather wor far worse than it was in, in Southern Pines? Yeah. This winter sucks. Like it, it's, it's weird. It goes from like, uh, every day is just like 40 degrees and like the windiest I've ever experienced in my life. Yeah. And then like, we have just these weeks where it's like fucking freezing and then it'll go back to being 40 degrees. And then like, we'll have one day a week that it's like 70. Yeah. It makes like no sense. But I know like we basically have like a week left of this before it's like 65 and up every single day. I'm it's fine with the wind. I'm just, yeah. I just don't like when it's like cold and windy because then yeah. it just sucks being outside. It's 77 and partly cloudy here today. It's tough. The the roughest life you have. <laughs> I just like never, just never make time to play golf, which I think I'm going to go to the range this afternoon and then tape Tiger's round and come back and watch it. Tiger so. already started watching it right now. I'm trying to pay attention to two things at once. Yeah, man. We got, we, we, we covered a lot. What I will say, I'm always looking for some feedback, positive and negative. I yeah. love the tip line. That you yes. guys have, have put in trap trial listener line one, eight, three, three, Three three zero eight seven two five again one eight three 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 zero eight seven two five. Hit us up. I've had I need to go through those for next week's episode with with uh, Randy. We've got Oscar's pod. I think DJ and and KVV got that in the can. Randy, we've got uh, we've got. I'm working on the airports 
pod. I'm working on, uh, I think Randy's working on a college basketball pod. we got plenty of shit in the hopper for the next four to six weeks here on the trap draw and perfect club schedules coming together for the rest of the year as well. So Cody, special correspondent. I appreciate the time, appreciate the expertise, appreciate the, the bandwidth just on, on monitoring all this shit that's going on. Hey, I, I could not be more thankful to be in the position that I am. I, I, the, the title that I have as special correspondent is awesome. I'm excited for this year because I want to do some more on location, like fact finding missions. I think we would, we would crush it, man. Dude, I want to go, I was telling Randy, I want to go to the top of Mount Washington. Hell yeah. In the winter and just do, do a special report from up there, like 80 <laughs> below zero. Okay. Uh, I want to do, I want to do a live pod from the Panama Canal. Uh, I think that would, and then, I, and then I want to fly to the Singapore airport and do a, a live on location review from the Singapore airport. I, I did. I, the other thing that I heard of, uh, I don't know if it was on a podcast or one of our calls, but you're talking about like the second floor of some of the airplanes. I think it'd be yeah, cool to do a live podcast. Yeah. Just a live podcast from the second deck. <laughs> I, there we go. That, I could get down with that. So yeah, if anybody never, wants to spend a lot of money to sponsor any of these investigations, like we're down. Never been on a 747 before. Been on an A380 plenty of times, but those are pretty, pretty charmless. So 747, I feel like that little mini top deck is, is pretty sweet. For sure. Thank you so much for letting me uh, come on when you're listening to this. We got a uh, a special, hey, we're back with live shows this Sunday too, so people can check yeah, that yes. out. KVV, everybody here knows KVV has been just beating it down on site this week out in LA covering that check out his writing. If you haven't on the website, um, we got, and we, had Pat, and we had Patty's thing. Go, go, yeah. go live too. the Scrabo Scrabo castle, Northern Ireland, out, just outside of Belfast. Him and Jamie Weir went out there. Cool little, cool little story on that place as well. So Absolutely. anyway, Cody, thank you, bud. Hell yeah. Favorite trapper, the absolute truth, yeah, no joke. Who